1: okay hello everyone and welcome to the show so today we have with us tracy banish owner of 4485 real estate group who connects buyers and sellers through effective marketing strategic advertising and a focused a client focused experience providing high quality services and a focus on you the clients and what is best for you yes i love that so so much that's what it's all about hey tracy welcome to the show (laughs)
2: Thank you. Thank you, Mark, for having me. I'm honored to be here.
1: So, so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on that and tell us all, where are you today with your business and who do you love to work with?
2: Sure. Uh, Well, today in my business, we have three people on my team. We have myself, um, who is a team leader, listing um, specialist as well. I have Sarah, who handles all of our buyers. So she does our showings, um, everything related to buyers. And then Michelle is our transaction coordinator. Um, so she handles everything with the paperwork side. And we are looking to grow. And we love to work with everybody and anybody. Um, our business is actually directed and strongly um based on just past client referrals in our sphere so i'm honored to say that we don't pay for any leads we earn them and a referral from a past client our family member is the best compliment that we can ever receive and we're honored for that
1: oh i love that so when when new clients find you what is it that you have to really help them to sort of to, to work through and guide them through during this process Sure.
2: Well, the first thing we ask them, especially if it's a buyer, um, have you spoken with a lender? Have you gotten approved? Because we don't want to be out there showing houses, have them fall in love with something and then not be able to buy it. That is heartbreaking for everybody.
1: Um, it's,
2: It's devastating. It's a waste of time, energy, everything. So we always connect them with the lender. And then on the buying side, we do sit down with them to see, all right, what exactly are you looking for in a house? What are your must haves? versus some of your wants. Where do you have to be? What do you have to have in a house? Those types of things. And then we also guide them through the process so they have an idea upfront what the process is going to entail. Because so there's a lot of moving parts, especially for first-time home buyers. Or if you haven't bought a house in five, six years, the market changes all the time going up and down and crazy things you have to offer on a house. So we want to be have all of our clients be in the loop as to what's going to come about so they're not thrown out there like, what do you mean? You never told me that. So we have a whole packet that we go through with them at the initial interview, just to say, all right, this is what to expect. Of course, we're gonna be here throughout the process to help you along the way. And then on the listing side, I always meet with them all right, what do we need to get your house ready to sell? What are some upgrades that you might need to do? Maybe just fresh paint. Decluttering is usually the big thing. I also have a checklist of things that I send to them or I give to them when I'm there at the listing presentation. Here's a list of things to do. Also, here's um, some things I think you should do in addition to that. And then Sarah, she also does staging. So she, for certain clients, might make sense for her to come in and stage their house too.
1: Nice. So you take care of your clients, you know, during the transaction, but also afterwards. So it's a whole experience because this is, come on, it's, it's one of the top most stressful times of anyone's life trying to buy or sell a house. Oh my gosh, I've done it multiple times, and oh, oof, which oof, brings back so many memories. Now, with this, what do you find that um, is maybe? obvious to you but so many people i just not aware of or don't realize when it comes to maybe focus on on, on buying a home what mm-hmm. is it that that seems to be slipped through time and time again that you have to keep helping people through or, or raise the awareness of
2: sure a lot of it comes down to money what not to spend don't go out and buy a car co-sign on something else for somebody Big financial changes uh, because that might actually change their buying power and they might be really close to the debt to income um, ratio or their credit mm-hmm. score might be on the fence. So they might say, Well, I have up all my money to do this, um, which there's so many different new terminologies in real estate that for somebody, if you don't do it every day, they all blend together. So somebody might say, Well, I have my down payment. And they think it's the same thing as closing costs. And they're two different things. So I always have to talk to the lender and say, all right, you, because they can see their finances. I don't see their finances. Do they truly have the money to put down that they say they're putting down as well as their closing costs? And if they want to do an appraisal guarantee or something like that, do they have that money to be able to do so? The buyer might say, yes, I do, but Mm -hmm. they're misunderstanding some of the terms and what they actually mean and they don't have the money. So it's up to us. On our end, do our due diligence and ask that lender, all right, do they have the money and kind of break it down? All right, you have this money for your down payment. This is the mm-hmm. dollar amount. This is what you have for your closing costs. This is the dollar amount. Do you have an addition to that, this money that you want to use for an appraisal guarantee or whatever incentive you might give to the seller in crazy markets? So it's just explaining that a little bit more thoroughly. And sometimes they need to hear it multiple times and from various different people too
1: yeah because I guess with this it's it's these surprises that no one likes and they come out of the mm-hmm. world, but it's not just and maybe it comes back into just business owners or, or anyone out there these little surprises the lack of communication sometimes the lack of you know not having the right expectations having too many assumptions that this is the way it's going to be mm-hmm. and maybe do you find people try and their desires because this is such a passionate industry that you're in it's hopes Mm -hmm. and dreams come wrapped up in a home and it's Mm
2: -hmm.
1: is it easy for for some of your clients to want to avoid certain things so that they feel like they can can get it so they're trying that avoidance technique whether they whether it's conscious or subconscious does that come into play
2: it does i know it's it's a very emotional time. And a lot of people get so caught up in the emotions. So we try to do our best with respecting their emotions, mm. and kind of bringing it back down, like, all right, what do we actually need to do here? Or maybe this house truly isn't meant to be. And as cliche as it sounds, I always tell everybody, everything happens for a reason, even if it doesn't make sense, and we don't understand it at the time. If this house was meant to be, and they missed out on a bidding war, if it's truly meant to be, it'll come about again and you'll have another opportunity to get it. If it doesn't, then maybe there's a better house out there for you. And I've sure. seen it go both ways. People are so upset when they don't get it and I feel all the feel. so when they're upset, I'm upset and I feel yeah. bad for them because I know how, how much emotionally invested they are in these houses. So sometimes it does call, come back about, and they do get to buy the house at a second chance because it fell through for whatever reason, or maybe two weeks later, an even better house comes about in the neighborhood they really wanted to be in. So it's, whether we want it to be religious or not, I think God works in mysterious ways, the world works in mysterious ways, and I think truly everything happens for a reason.
1: No, I'm I'm completely with you there. I mean, this is reminds me back to to you know one of the houses that that I went for. It was it was the one that I wanted. It was amazing, mm-hmm. and at the time, it was strange. When, let's sort of hold space for as a business owner as well as you know buying a home here, because mm-hmm. when things feel as resistance, things are hard. Even the mm-hmm. simple things seem to be not going well. These are little flags that we. That we can easily notice, but we need to try and push through and, and hustle through these these challenges. And from my experience, um, it was it it didn't work out. We're looking at other things, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it came back on, and they mm-hmm. reached out to me. It was a strange thing, and there was no one else around because of whatever happened with their their property. There's a bit of a story behind it, but they stopped it, paused, came back out. Mm-hmm and then we got it it was so straightforward mm-hmm. the timing was slightly off and look at those things where rather than push through noticing that and everything happens for a reason that can be a tough pill to swallow sometimes mm-hmm. absolutely but, is. but to look at the positive look at the opportunities okay what does it mean to me where am i going and again business mm-hmm. buying a home relationships whatever it might be oh my mm-hmm. god everywhere. So I love that you brought that up. That's an amazing concept mm-hmm. to, to sort of hold on to. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. So mm-hmm. hey this industry, what, what was it that you were like, I'm crazy enough to want to go into this? What what was it for you?
2: <laughs> um actually like I know a lot of people I talked to like I always wanted to get into real estate. Like I've always dreamed about it. That was never me. I was never that was not my thing. When I was a little girl I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a teacher. Like that was my whole past life, as I call it. I went to school to do, to open my own daycare. I've done everything childcare related, nanny, daycare director, preschool teacher. And I just, I was ready for a career change. I knew I wanted nothing more than to be a mom. And I was just starting to feel a little burnt out and I just needed like a refresh start and I needed something different. And it was terrifying. I didn't know what to do and, or what path I wanted to go in. I was applying for different positions that I was overqualified for and I wasn't getting them. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. But looking back, everything happens for a reason. Um, I met with my neighbor growing up. Um, She's in real estate and she's like, all right. She knew what I was kind of going through. She's like, what do you like doing? Like, well, I like interior decorating. I like everything on HGTV and I like, um, photography. She's like, perfect. You can do all of those things in real estate. I'm like, yeah, but I've never done real estate. My parents built a house when I was in middle school. Like I never really experienced any of the buying and selling. Mm
1: -hmm. I'd never
2: done it myself. And I had no idea. I'm like, that sounds terrifying. Um, but also very intriguing. And I never believed in psychics before. But someone at that time that also came into my life for a reason um, told me, She's like, There's this one psychic you need to go see, only see her. And this is the one. I'm like, Okay, I'll go in there with an open mind, see what happens. And she knew everything about my life without even me telling her. And she's like, This is what you're doing now. This is what you're going to do. You're going to be fine. You're going to be successful and you're going to be great. You're going to be fine um, by the fall. And I, Rather, that was a bunch of malarkey. I don't know, but it's what I needed to hear at the time to give me that extra push to make such a drastic change in my life. I'm not big on changes, especially if they're scary and unknown. I went from like a steady paying job to a commission only job, which I had never done before. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's scary, but I did it and I knew I needed to, if I was going to do something different with my life, I, I needed to make the changes. So I did
0: mm-hmm.
2: it. I jumped in and gave it my all and
1: here we are. Fantastic. So like with, you know, going to a psychic, I mean, I know you think maybe it's kind of a bit ridiculous, but mm-hmm. um, I, these, we hear what we need to hear sometimes. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're open Okay. I can see a, a theme for this this episode going through having some reason, being aware, seeing the mm-hmm. right things. But whether you believe in it or not, it's like well, when uh, you yeah, know I first started looking into sort of tarot cards. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't believe all this stuff. And anything can say anything, all these horoscopes, tarot cards, whatever it means. It's it's easy to misconstrue or just it can be the right card for anyone. Sure. But mm-hmm. when I had that awareness of flipping it around to it can't Reveal something from yourself that's not already there so whatever the card Mm -hmm. is whatever the premonition whatever the words are if it brings something through from you personally it's in there it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what the vehicle is doesn't matter what it is once i had that kind of shift of perspective i was like oh shit that kind of changes (laughs) everything right sure absolutely it really speaks to you yeah and then you get the choice to okay what do i do with that and it shifts your beliefs. It might shift your actions. shifts the way mm-hmm. you feel about things. You mm-hmm. must have felt that a little bit lighter that, okay, mm-hmm. going to be okay. Yeah. I was told by someone else external from me who has no idea mm-hmm. that it's going to be okay. Super. To have that belief and trust in mm-hmm. yourself as well, mm-hmm. whether it's the belief and trust and support from people around us or peers in the industry or whoever it might be, having that it means a lot, especially if you're going through some crazy change like you did, making mm-hmm. all those difference. Because that must have. What was it like to actually do that? Because you say it was it was terrifying, and you don't quite <laughs> like change, but you still did it anyway. So what
0: mm-hmm.
1: what was it that almost stopped you, and what was it that allowed you to actually move through? Sure,
2: um, that's a great question. So I knew I needed a change, and if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're not going to have any changes. So I just knew if I wanted to change my life, I needed to do it. And I, growing up, like I said, my thing I always wanted was to be a mom and I didn't want to take that excitement. Mm
1: -hmm. I didn't want to
2: lose that excitement. So I knew that I needed to make a change and maybe step away from like the childcare situation for a little bit to be able to get back to the point of wanting to be a mom again, because there was some moments where I was like, I don't know if I want that right now. And that was a little scary for me because that's my passion. Like I love kids and I've always wanted a family and I never wanted that to kind of be taken away from me. So that was kind of a little bit of a push. And then I knew I had a fantastic support system at the office I was at, which I was planning on only getting my license there and then transferring to a different office because it was Mm -hmm. closer to where I lived at the time. But the more I met the people there, I'm like, this is a family. Like these people have my back. I don't know any of them, but I feel like they are going to have my back and they're going to train me and teach me to do the things that I need to do. And all at the same time, while I was trying to figure that out money-wise, I was working four jobs just to try to survive. I'm like, all right, I already made this change in my career. I can't go back. Um, cause I was a nanny at the time and I can't go back. I was already replaced. I've already trained my replacement and it's not fair to those kids and that family and that other lady to then come back and say, just getting on back." No, I've made this decision. I've no. already let them know. I have to continue with it and there's no going back. So I made the choice. It's up to me to be successful now. So I did the things I needed to do, and I just—I failure wasn't an option to me. I told myself, "This is what you're doing. You have to figure it out." And I did. I was like, "Figure it out," because there's no going back at this point.
1: Yeah, that's powerful. That's huge. To not have that plan B, to not have mm-hmm. that sort of safety, or the things that you did to put those barriers in your way mm-hmm. to going back, um, whether it's conscious or subconscious, beautifully done. So then it allows you to guide you and move you forward on those times in those moments of, are you sure? Is, is this really going to work? Can I actually do this? Um, maybe that's an extra bit of like, motivation that you needed at, at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So super. You you may, you worked your way through this. You mm-hmm. um, built your business. You brought on team members because i mean, we joking offline that it's so hard doing things on your own. And when <laughs> you bring team members in, you get the opportunity to, to not have the same mistakes as you did before, trying to do everything, losing that Mm work-life balance. So what was it like for you as you get towards the business you have today Mm -hmm. with a team, with it growing, Um, that brings so much more, ah, I guess, opportunities and happiness Mm -hmm. and ability to serve, but also, oh my gosh, there's more pressure because you're actually helping other people as well. Mm -hmm. What's that been like for you?
2: it was again, big changes are not my favorite thing. So I'm also a bit of a control freak. So I like my stuff done very specific. I want it to be right. All the things. Um, but at one point I was getting, I was very, very busy in real estate, which I'm so incredibly thankful for. Um, it was just, there was only one of me and so many of clients that wanted to work with me, which I was flattered by, but I was I was the first one in the office at one point. I was the last one to leave to the point where the office lady had to show me how to turn off the lights and lock up. And I think she actually thought I was homeless for a while because I was there before her and before her and after her. So.
1: Yeah. Do you actually leave this place?
2: Yeah. I was like, she's like, do you, do you sleep here? Do you have a home? I'm like, no, no, I'm just doing the things. And at one point I was working like 24 seven. I had no life. I, I, I didn't have time to do the fun things that my friends were doing. I didn't see my family. I barely knew my boyfriend at the time. And my office ladies knew like if I worked so much for so long, like my paperwork was starting to slip too. And they're like, hey, you forgot this paperwork. And they knew me being the OCD person I was. They're like, that's not like you, like, are you okay? I think you need to take a day off. So for me, I was like, that's not okay. And I never wanted my service to slack for my clients. Mm -hmm. I also realized It was not a good spot for me mentally and physically to be running around ragged because I don't know when I slept. And at one point I was getting married that year. I was very, my business was booming. I thought I was having a heart attack. I was sitting in my office and I couldn't breathe. Felt like an elephant was sitting on my chest. It was terrifying. I told um, my partner at the time, I was like, I think I need you to call an ambulance. I think I'm having a heart attack. Um, But it was just so much stress and so much, so much going on in my life that I didn't, I couldn't physically cope with it. And to me, I was like, this is not, this is not good. No matter how much money I make, this will never be good for anybody. And I realized I needed to make a change. Like I had to do something because I was going to have a heart attack before I was 30. And I was like, that's not okay. And it was up to me to be able to change my life, to be able to set my business up to the point where it was an enjoyable life for me to live, as well as my clients wanting to work with me. And I never wanted my people on my team to experience what I experienced and having that. That
1: that whole experience, I want to sort of just double tap on that a little bit because it's so easy to Mm -hmm. try and work too much when the work's coming through. There's so much, oh my gosh, we could always find more things Mm to do. And yeah. I guess for you, it was easy to convince yourself that I need to do all this stuff. I, I need to show up. I'm I'm building mm-hmm. something. And it's maybe a slippery slope until you realize, shit, I'm, I'm not taking any breaks. This is having this impact mm-hmm. on me. Again, for a perfectionist to start to see mistakes, <laughs> that's a, another bit of pressure. Yeah. It's another bit of guilt that comes in. And oh, and then you reinforce, maybe I need to work harder to do this. So it's so mm-hmm. hard to pause. And able to go forward sure. thankfully you were able to sort of see that mm-hmm. just about before it actually took yeah, you down, before i
2: actually had a heart attack
1: <laughs> which is checking uh, that's the right way around to do things i love that yep. so now you've built your team you yes. know the work-life balance and the and the the values mm-hmm. the, the sort of culture that you're bringing into your business it sounds like that's really important to you mm-hmm. absolutely that so was success so is providing mm-hmm. for their families and building a mm-hmm. business and a legacy of fueling your life so mm-hmm. all these things it's, it's like a juggling act as as you take on this role as as the ceo as you start to continue to grow your business so what is it for you right now that is yeah th- this is the new challenge because you've overcome mm-hmm. so much all the changes that you damn it you hate but you've gone through them what is it now where, where is your next sort of transition or, sure. or what's going to hold you back from that
2: mm-hmm. Well, right now, I mean, I do have a fantastic work work life balance, which I do have a three-year-old and he is my world. He is the best thing ever. And at first I had to remind myself because when I was with him and I wasn't working, I felt guilty that I wasn't working. But when I was working and I wasn't with him, it was the mom guilt. And I'm like, it's a never-ending battle as to what's the best. What what should I be doing right now? And I had to constantly remind myself that. I did bust ass my first five, eight years into real estate to be able to step back and enjoy this moment. Like this is why I work so crazy and did the things and got the people on my team. So that way I can enjoy my child when he's little, because you don't get that time back. And for me, that's my number one priority. That's always going to be most important And everybody on my team. I have A powerhouse of ladies, and they're all moms too. So if something comes up, they know that your kid is going to come first and your family's going to come first. And that is what you need to be doing. Um, But with that, also, because I've had this luxury of living at home and work life balance with my kid, getting back out there because the market is changing and having to get back into what I haven't done in years doing the cold calling. Getting myself out there. I mean, I'm so thankful that my business comes to me. I think it's all manifested. Like I do the things in one way or another, and it comes back to me in a different way. Whether I'm cold calling right now and a a friend gives me a referral or whatever it is, I'm putting my energy out there and it's coming back in. So it's trying, the struggle right now is transitioning back into doing the hustle that I did when I first got into real estate to drum up the business again, because the market is very, it's been crazy for the last, like, I mean, my entire real estate career has been all over the place, but um, right now the industry is very slow. I know there's a lot of lenders and title companies that are laying off people because they're so slow. Yes. Houses are selling again, like crazy prices, but there's very few of them. So I need to do what I need to do to be able to create the business not only for myself and my family but for my team members too and show mm-hmm. them and teach them how to do it because if i'm not doing it why are they going to do it so
1: it's so it's, you, a team. it's your ability as <clears throat> as a business owner to work know, mm-hmm. yeah, on the business try and work out what's mm-hmm. the next strategy see mm-hmm. these shifts in the market and through your mm-hmm. experience you can t- sure. see exactly what needs to be done but it's tough mm-hmm. when you're You'll pull back into some of the daily grind or as you said, some of the work that you don't want to be doing anymore that you're like, I thought I was part of this and now yes. oh my gosh, things <laughs> shifted and now I'm back in there. Yep. And then you have that guilt, doubt, maybe even frustration coming in all the way through. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you manage yourself and, and your team through this, through these challenges?
2: Sure. Well, we talk We talk daily um, about everything that we're going through, but we have a weekly team meeting. So we have our goals for the week. How were your goals last week? Were you successful? What got in the way of them? And they all, everybody's in the loop as to where the market is, what's happening, what can we do to stay ahead of it? Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I used to hate being on video. (laughs) Here we are. Um, I used to hate making phone calls. So if I were to order a pizza, I would have to go into the other room because I didn't want anybody to hear me. That's how like how embarrassed yeah. I was. And now I'm like, whatever. Like I'm on videos all the time, half the time, no makeup, hair going crazy, kids screaming in the background, whatever it might be. But it's, you just have to stay in front of people and be authentic. And that's what they really want. So yeah. some of my team members, they're super uncomfortable with it. And I get it. I was that person too. But it's, you the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel and yeah. the more confident you'll get at the end too. So help and encourage them to, to do those things so that way they can get their own business as well.
1: Mm. And it sounds like you're still helping people to go through things that maybe you're still working through, but you've mm-hmm. had a bit more experience. You're a couple of steps ahead of them. So you mm-hmm. have that experience of what, what it was like. You can maybe tap mm-hmm. into what you're going through right now, maybe without telling them this, but mm-hmm. then that shared wealth, that shared knowledge and that shared, yeah you're not in this alone we all go through this oh my gosh so hey tracy i love that look thank you so much for sharing not only your business and what you do uh, and some nice advice along the way but also behind the scenes of what it's like in this sort of shifting marketplace Mm -hmm. insightful thank you so much
2: yes thank you for having me mark it's been it's been a pleasure
1: oh you're so welcome hey and also if people want to find out more about you and and the Mm -hmm. work that you do where can they find you
2: um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and we have a website as well. And it's forty-four eighty-five, and it's forty-four spelled out: F-O-R-T-Y, F-O-U-R, and then the numbers eighty-five. And we're strong presence on social media, and you can always reach out that way or check out our website too.
1: Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here on what it, your first podcast ever. No, <laughs>
2: yay! <Woo-hoo.
1: laughs> Fantastic. Thank you.
2: Yes, thanks, Mark.
1: You're welcome.